Welcome to Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. Today's episode is celebrating World Read Aloud Day. Held this year on February 2nd, 2022, World Read Aloud Day brings people of all ages together to celebrate the joy of reading and the magic of stories. At MLC, we're celebrating World Read Aloud Day with five members of our staff, each of whom are reading the first few pages from a book written by a Mississippi author. Please note that the audio has been taken from previously recorded videos and has been edited to fit the podcast format. Stay tuned. Hi, welcome to One Page Mississippi Reads. My name is Tracy Carr and I'm the Library Services Director here at the Mississippi Library Commission. Today, I'm gonna read the first couple of pages of Wolf Whistle by Lewis Norton. When school started in September, Alice Conroy's fourth graders missed their injured classmate, Glenn Gregg. Alice had just graduated from the normal and knew all the latest techniques of modern education. She encouraged the children to talk about Glenn and the accident whenever they wanted to. Alice had come to live with her uncle Runt and to keep house for him since her aunt Fortunata had moved out. Don't hold back, she told the children, her fourth graders, ask anything you like. So they said, is he dead? And is he still on fire? And am I gonna die? And are we all alone in the world? Her education was already paying off, Alice thought. See how they opened up? See how inquisitive, how willing to reveal their innermost thoughts and feelings? She wished she could call Dr. Dust, her old professor at the normal, to tell him of her success. Last year, when she cried naked in his arms, he had told her, there is great pain in all true love, Alice, but we don't care, do we, because it's worth it. He was right, too. Alice knew that. Love was worth anything, everything. No pain was too great in the service of true love. The problem with calling Dr. Dust, though, was that Mrs. Dust always answered the telephone and called Alice a slut in a loud voice and slammed the receiver in her ear. If Mrs. Dust would only be a little forgiving, Alice thought, they might be friends. They might share many things. Thank you for reading along with me. If you'd like to explore more, check out this book from MLC or your local public Mississippi library. Welcome to One Page Mississippi Reads. My name is Alex Brower and I'm the Information Services Director at MLC. And today I'm reading One Writer's Beginnings by Eudora Welty. Jackson's Carnegie Library was on the same street where our house was, on the other side of the state capitol. Through the capitol was the way to the library. You could glide through it on your bicycle or even coast through on roller skates, though without family permission. I never knew anyone who'd grown up in Jackson without being afraid of Mrs. Calloway, our librarian. She ran the library absolutely by herself, from the desk where she sat with her back to the books and facing the stairs, her dragon eye on the front door, where who knew what kind of person might come in from the public. Silence in big black letters was on signs tacked up everywhere. She herself spoke in her normally commanding voice. Every word could be heard from all over the library above a steady seething sound coming from her electric fan. It was the only fan in the library and stood on her desk, turned directly onto her streaming face. As you came in from the bright outside, if you were a girl, she sent her strong eye down the stairway to test you. If she could see through your skirt, she sent you straight home. You could just put on another petticoat if you wanted a book that badly from the public library. I was willing. I would do anything to read. 
My mother was not afraid of Mrs. Calloway. She wished me to have my own library card to check out books for myself. She took me in to introduce me and I saw I had met a witch. Eudora is nine years old and has my permission to read any book she wants from the shelves, children or adult, mother said. With the exception of Elsie Dinsmore, she added. Later, she explained to me that she'd made this rule because Elsie, the heroine, being made by her father to practice too long and hard at the piano, fainted and fell off the piano stool. You're too impressionable, dear, she told me. You read that and the very first thing you do, you fall off the piano stool. Impressionable was a new word. I never hear it yet without the image that comes with it of falling straight off the piano stool. Mrs. Calloway made her own rules about books. You could not take back a book to the library on the same day you'd taken it out. It made no difference to her that you'd read every word in it and needed another to start. You could take out two books at a time and two only. This applied as long as you were a child and also for the rest of your life to my mother as severely as to me. So two by two, I read library books as fast as I could go, rushing them home in a basket of my bicycle. Every book I seized on, from Bunny Brown and his sister Sue at Can't Rest a While to 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, stood for the devouring wish to read being instantly granted. I knew this was bliss. I knew it at the time. Taste isn't nearly so important. It comes in its own time. I wanted to read immediately. The only fear was that of books coming to an end. Thank you for reading along with me. If you'd like to explore more, check out this book from MLC or your local Mississippi Public Library. Welcome to One Page Mississippi Reads. My name is JD. I'm a patron services librarian in the Talking Book Services at MLC, and today I'm reading The Secret History by Donna Tart. The snow in the mountains was melting, and Bunny had been dead for several weeks before we came to understand the gravity of our situation. He'd been dead for 10 days before they found him, you know. It was one of the biggest manhunts in Vermont history. State troopers, the FBI, even an army helicopter. The college closed, the dye factory in Hampton shut down, people coming from New Hampshire, upstate New York, as far away as Boston. It is difficult to believe that Henry's modest plan could have worked so well despite these unforeseen events. We hadn't intended to hide the body where it couldn't be found. In fact, we hadn't hidden it at all, but had simply left it where it fell in hopes that some luckless passerby would stumble over it before anyone even noticed he was missing. This was a tale that told itself simply and well. The loose rocks, the body at the bottom of the ravine with a break in the neck, and the muddy skid marks of dug-in heels pointing the way down. A hiking accident. No more, no less. And it might have been left at that, at quiet tears and the small funeral, had it not been for the snow that fell that night. It covered him without a trace, and ten days later, when the thaw finally came, the state troopers and the FBI and the searchers from town all saw that they had been walking back and forth over his body until the snow above it was packed down like ice. Thank you for reading along with me. If you'd like to explore more, check this book out from MLC or your local Mississippi Public Library. Welcome to One Page Mississippi Reads. My name is Charmaine Frazier and I'm the State E-Rate Coordinator for MLC. Today I'll be reading the book, A Place Like Mississippi, A Journey Through a Real and Imagined Literary Landscape 
by W. Ralph Eubanks. To a first-time visitor, Mississippi's rural landscape brings to mind solitude and loneliness, a place from which one escapes rather than returns. Yet once the bright and pure quiet of a Mississippi country setting consumes your senses, you begin to feel as if you are in a place comfortably frozen in time. Off the beaten path of four-lane highways, on two-lane blacktops that wind through the rolling hills of the piney woods or run the vast stretches of flat delta land, the hush of the setting is punctuated by tin roof barns and houses both large and small. Even close to a small town or suburban development, the land feels remote and holds the power to transfix your gaze. If you slow down and look closely, or even stop to walk around and seek out local inhabitants, you'll understand why some of the loneliest spaces and most decrepit buildings in the state inspire writers to move them from the landscape to the page. This migration to Mississippi from the real to the imagined is a source of pride for its residents, whether it's a tree-lined street in the Bellhaven neighborhood of Jackson or a narrow stretch of the Chunky River that weaves through the hills outside of Meridian, many writers have taken a piece of the state's landscape and populated it with a world that mirrors and magnifies the space that inspired it. Thank you so much for reading along with me today. If you'd like to explore more, check this book out from MLC or your local public library. Welcome to One Page Mississippi Reads. My name is Christina Kelly. I'm the Public Relations Coordinator at MLC. Today, I am reading Sing Unburied Sing by Jessamyn Ward. The goat smells like beef when it boils. It even looks like it too. Dark and stringy in the pot. Pop pokes it with a spoon, testing the tenderness and cocks the lid crooked so that steam billows in the air. Pop, you gonna tell me about you and Stag again, I ask? About what? Pop asks. Parchment, I say. Pop folds his arms, leans over to smell the goat. Ain't I told you about it before, he asks. I shrug. Sometimes I think I look like stag around my nose and mouth. Stag and Pop, I want to hear about the ways they are different, the ways we are all different. Yeah, but I want to hear about it anyway, I say. This is what Pop does when we are alone sitting up late at night in the living room or out in the yard or the woods. He tells me stories. Stories about eating cattails after his daddy's been out gathering them from the marsh. Stories about how his mama and her people used to collect Spanish moss to stuff their mattresses. Sometimes he'll tell me the same story three, even four times. Hearing him tell them makes me feel like his voice is a hand he's reached out to me like he's rubbing my back and I can duck whatever makes me feel like I'll never be able to stand as tall as Pop, never be as sure. It makes me sweat, stick to the chair in the kitchen, which has gotten so hot from the boiling goat on the stove that the windows have fogged up and the whole world is shrunk to this room with me and Pop. Please, I say. Pop beats the meat he still has left to add to the boil, making it soft and tender and clears his throat. I put my elbows on the table and listen. Thank you for reading along with me. If you'd like to explore more, check this book out from MLC or your local Mississippi Public Library.
Thank you for listening to Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. We hope you will tune in next time, and we encourage you to visit your local public library often.